And we're live. Super live. Super live. Super live. Just doing a quick little slide as he is. Slide as there. Everywhere slide as slider. I can slippy slide. Yeah, that's an old school toy. Yes. A great <laughs> toy. As long as you don't put it on growl. <laughs> Do you remember that Mythbusters episode where they did the giant slip and slide down into the pool? It's been a minute, but it, I vaguely remember. That, that, that was great. I love that one. I like some water slides. Not all of them, but I do enjoy going down some. Not the super speed one. Like the one no. you're at the very top and you go straight down. Uh -uh, not doing it. No, 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 no. Don't like the speed. Don't like roller coasters either, people. Sorry. I'm lame. You're not lame. You just have your, you have your things you enjoy and the other people have their things my, they enjoy. My girlfriend thinks otherwise when it comes to roller coasters. I'm lame. Because you don't want to ride roller coasters? Yes. I'm not a, I'm not a daredevil like that. One of the first times I went to Bush Gardens, I was like, that was like, I was met, just random met this girl randomly in the park, and I was kind of hesitant on rail, roller coasters till I was riding with her, and then all of a sudden, it's like I was in the front, the back, wherever, because she was like, yeah, you get it's different experience depending on all three of those, so it's like, cool, that works. Oh yes, I like it. I like it a lot. Like it a lot, like it a, a lot. lot, people. <laughs> Alrighty, well, welcome to another night with Scuba and the Rye. How you guys doing tonight? I guess they're okay. I'm hoping they're okay. Let me hear. Okay, I think they're okay. Well, you know, hopefully we'll get more people in the chat at some point. But speaking of which, yes. Oh, okay. You know something I don't? No, I don't know anything. <laughs> I just show up. You just show up. We have a chat. We're online. Yeah, drop marbles. People watch and see what happens. Now, somebody told me that some people aren't watching us live because they're watching other streamers, which is cool. At least we have our VOD, our VODs they can check yeah, out. Yeah, you can check it out on many different ways. Yeah. YouTube's. And I have to start off with an apology. I've been a little I've been a little behind on getting stuff published and posted. There's been a lot of craziness in life. So. Life is crazy, but, you know, we make it through, people. Yeah, we make it through. Um, so, kind of just kick, kick this off. It's like, all right, so what's... What's up? Which we were chatting about. So, how was your uh, how was your week? It's been okay. You know, s some fun stuff, um, some uh, some some loving holidays and just some random chilling. So. Yeah. What'd you guys What'd you What'd you guys do for your Valentine's Let's, man? Uh, uh, for Valentine's Day, we were going to go to a uh, a, a local seafood restaurant out of Virginia Beach. Okay. Plans got canceled, and we did not canceled in a bad way. But uh, Angelica, my girlfriend, decided to cook. Uh, delicious seafood dinner. Oh, it instead was of going good. to a restaurant, yes. she she cooked. She cooked. Oh, how was it? Oh, it was very good. It was like, um, have you ever been to uh, the Joe's Crab Shack? Have you been to Joe's Crab Shack once? And I will probably never go again. Okay. What about uh, Shaking Crab in Virginia Beach? Mm, no, okay. that's on my list to get checked so out. They, uh, there, there are these uh, restaurants popping up where they do like this mixed bag of seafood in a bag, and they got different seasons mm -hmm. and stuff. So she did her own little mix of that. Oh, cool. With uh, shrimp, crawfish, um, fish balls, mm. uh, some turkey sausage, and clams, and some other stuff. That actually sounds really good. It is. It was good. <laughs> Didn't eat a really lot, because, you know, keep, keep the meals minimum. Yeah, But, yeah. you know, it was good nonetheless. But we, uh, we decided to go and check out Farmhouse Brewery here yes. in uh, Virginia Beach. Uh, that was fun. Um... 
I'm like a little jealous that you didn't get me out there sooner because that place is wild. Oh yeah, I well I have been saying we need to go. We yes, you say we need to go, but it's like we need to go, we need to go. It's like yeah, we need to go, but then actually going there and seeing this old school house converted into like a multi-floor bar. It is great with those giant fire pits and the food trucks and the yeah. brew. It's just such a great place. Sitting inside, sitting outside. Yeah. It was a little chilly, so we were kind of huddled up around the uh, the giant fire pits, but we met some cool people. Yeah. Talked breweries and various couple people checking out different breweries and whatnot. Yeah. So it's it's my it's I haven't been to all the breweries in the area, but that is that is well that's a lot. That's not I, a lot. I've been to a lot of them. Now, I think I've been to about four or five. I've been to about five of them. And that one well farmhouse is the one I've gone back repeatedly. Yeah, for me it was Back Bay Brewery. Yeah. Or Big Ugly Brewery, not Back Bay. That was a good one. Big Ugly's a great one to hang out. Um, Back Bay's nice. Yeah. Um, they've got another. They've got an event coming up for Easter for it's a uh, or it's an SPCA uh, fundraiser. Where um, go to farmhouse Back Bay Farmhouse Brewery at Facebook. Check out the event. It's a SBA, SPCA thing. They're doing like an egg, egg hunt for kids. It's only hunt for the dogs. And, um, some of the proceeds are going to that. So that should be fun. Oh, yeah. Um, what was your uh, favorite type of beer? Did you try a few, <coughs> or did there was one that you? I think I went through three different ones. Okay. I started off with uh, the Woodland Lager, which wasn't too bad. Yeah. Um, then I did. Um, I'm just trying to remember. I think it's like a Black Lager or something like that. It was another. It's another dark beer. Yeah. Um wasn't too bad but actually the one i really enjoyed was the queen anne's revenge okay so that was a is that an ipa it, it's another dark beer oh, okay. but it was um it had that little bit of coconut in there i i thought it was queen great revenge. i don't remember the last one i got when i was there but my favorite that i've gotten from there is the cena stout i like how it get just like big ugly all the prices are virtually the same yeah. and Starting Valentine's Day, they started to have it up there where you could order a five ounce versus a ten ounce. Oh yeah. So, but overall it was good. Um, uh, my wife had uh, done a couple of the ciders. Yes, I have uh, a few cans at home of the ciders. <laughs> but it was good. I mean, that was that was kind of the big thing. Um, over the weekend, it was just uh, Sunday. I wasn't feeling good, so I had to so I had to like cancel my most of my plans Sunday because yeah. I wasn't feeling good. It's, it happens. So yeah, well, yeah, that's that 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 happens time to time. But you know, but you know, it's good. Can't wait to go back. Yeah. Check it out. Hey, make a plan of it. Yeah, Saturday we'll night. Hopefully, when the weather's warmer. Oh yeah. So well, same thing. Weekend was chill, but playing a rewind Thursday nights went to the Norva. Oh wow! Which, uh, for y'all don't know, it's a local uh, venue. Yeah. And we got to see me and my brother went and saw one of our favorite bands, uh, Thrice. They did a they're doing a 15 year anniversary tour on one of their albums. Oh nice. Uh, v- Visu, which is one of their mo- more underrated albums, but a really good album. Okay. So that was good. Got to experience some new bands I've never heard of, so I might add them to my um, rotation of music. Okay. And then the weekend just kind of uh, chilled around. Um, Nothing too sporadic happened. Um, 
was going to go to a furniture store because I'm looking for a new couch, but I decided I didn't feel like leaving the house. <laughs> so maybe this weekend I might go out there, but you know, typical uh, running, catching Pokemon, relaxing, gaming, catching up on shows. So I'm trying to get through shows and have more reviews for you people. Yeah, I've been uh, going through a National Geographic series okay. called uh, Drain the Oceans. I've seen it. Not seen it, but I've seen it on the list. Yeah, watch. I've been going through that. I'm, you know, science nerd. Yeah. So. I get it. <laughs> I get it. That and I binged through all of the uh, Star Wars animated Clone Wars and Rebels and started another watch through of Rebels. Oh, yeah. Getting ready for the new season of Clone Wars is going to drop on the 21st. Yeah, season 7? Season 7, yes. the final season. Finally finishing it. Yeah, so that'll be fun to watch at the end of this week, actually. Yeah. Um, I think there was something else I watched. Oh, yeah, I rewatched uh, Sword Art Online. And Sword Art Online 2. Uh, so the first two seasons. The first two seasons and then the second... Or the first, the first one, both seasons, and then the second one, the first half. Uh, Gun Gale Online. No, the Sword Art Online two. Yeah. The first half of it is all in Gun Gale. Yeah. And then second half is a bunch of random adventures, um, which are really good in their own right. It's yeah. just I was with the, with that whole bit about battle gnomes <laughs> the previous weekend. Yeah. It was like I just and it was like I've been really kind of struggling with my overall uh, mood so to speak because it's like um, I've been feeling kind of really run down yeah. and as such I haven't really been like oh I know I have to do things but I don't really want to you know a little bit of depression when you're stretched overly right. thin um, and it was just I did, it's like I was a couple of nights it's like oh do I want to play a game or no, I'll just watch this and then I just let it go and let it go and let it go and next thing you know hours go by and I really haven't done much but kind of sit and mindlessly watch this show so but I think that's with a lot of people when they get to that quote unquote burnout stage that's where they're like uh, what do I do what do I do oh yeah I, 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 I've, I've dealt with that burnt out stage or overstressed but I always what I've managed to do is just find an avenue for it I need to. I need to. I think I'm gonna try. I, I did. I did finally get an episode edited audio-wise. Okay. Um, figured out a new way to do it now that we have this new tech in the in the studio, mm -hmm. making better use of that to do things. So I should be able to, you know, spend some time cracking things out. But uh, so yeah. Um, well, I had my train of thought, and I lost it. I'm going to get it back, I swear. Come back around, people. All right. I know my train of thought is going since we're talking about TV. Let's talk about movies. Flip that switch to the big screen, people. I will do that. Boom. So, here we go for our movies. Yeah, that's good. Alrighty. So, you have uh, a decent movie weekend? 
Yes, a couple movies. Um, yeah, a couple movies, both at the theater, just on two separate nights. All right, well, let's go with our first one, which is The Photograph. The Photograph. So what's up with The Photograph? This uh, feels like it's a romantic movie or something. Um, you hit the nail on the noggin. Oh, what a, what, a, what a nice choice for Valentine's Day. Yeah, well, this was the choice, choice of the lady, but at the oh. same time, I do love romance movies, so it wasn't hard for me to... You really, I think you, in some ways you really kind of see a character, an actor's ability to do those scenes. Because dramas, dramas are anything that really kind of pushes the emotional stuff. I mean, action, event, a, action yeah. type things, sci-fi type things, those, it's like... There's a lot of visuals involved in that. Yeah, that kind of detract from it. Whereas when you get into a, a, a romance piece or anything like this, it's the majority is the character having oh, yeah. to sell the performance. Oh, yeah. So the photograph is uh, in in the latest line of a romance film. This isn't like a rom-com or you know a teenage ro- romantic film. Or this is a straight up through and through romance film. So right. it's uh, you have your your basics of you know guy meets girl through f- fateful circumstances and a relationship bubbling on the surface and building up to something. So the two main characters, uh, Michael Block and May played by LaCase Stanfield and Issa Rae. They're, they're well, well-known well actors. They've been in other films. Um, um, Issa Rae, she has a show on HBO. Mm-hmm. But what happens is is that Michael Block is a reporter for an online news pl- newspaper, and he goes to interview an oil, oil rigger, uh, an, a retired oil rigger down in New Orleans, uh, down in Louisiana. Okay. Um, through his conversation and his reporting, it leads to uh, May... Uh, the daughter of a deceased uh, photographer, and he wants to learn more about, you know, her mother. Okay. And that is the crux for the rest of the film. Um, Interesting. And like I said, you watch as their relationship starts bubbling, but what pushes um, this above the generalization of the archetypes is the the world building and the exposition that is created through their relationships. So the, everything else around them is predicated on how well their relationship evolves, but also at the same time there's this past and present uh, paralleling of stories because there's this added element of May reading these um, reading these letters from her mother um, about her past relationship with this oil rigger. Okay. So it goes back and forth between flashback and presence, watching both her mother's relationship build with this oil rigger and then her relationship with this reporter. Okay. So, so what are what are some what are some of the stronger points of the film? The stronger stronger points is that um in, endearment of that realistic journey of love between the two characters. Um, Stanfield and Ray give I think very standout performances within you know, a typical outline of a romantic, a romantic film, because you know you. Romance films are all predictable, beat by beat. You know what's really going to happen. It's mm-hmm. just how do you get from point A to point B to point C? And how do you do how? it? How do you do it in a way that is a compelling story yeah. to want to follow through and not fall asleep? Yeah. So the way this goes above the typical cliches of a romance film is that the story that's involving them which is that, that past uh, relationship, the reporting, and also just the, the genuine take of them just interacting with each other. It's just a genuine dialogue, general mm-hmm. interaction that you feel in a realistic relationship. It's not the, the cookie-gutter, um, 
you know, bubbling or, you know, rom-com styling. They're, they don't try to be over the top with the language. It's just conversational. That's good. And it's, um, what adds on top of that is when they're conversing with others' side characters because it adds that additional element of, you know, layers, you know, of uh-huh. opinion, yeah, yeah, yeah. of pros and cons, of should you do this, should you not do this, and all that other stuff. All right, what are some of the weaker points of the film? The weaker points of the film, if, if there is any, is just the fact that it is a romance film through and through. You know what it, you know what it is. Um, a lot of the, the side elements, a lot of the stuff that is predicated upon the plot gets pushed aside for the relationship. Ah. So, you know, there's a l- l- lot of elements related to that, that oil rigger and the reporting and then her being a curator for a local museum in New York City. There's a lot of other stuff that, that of that world building that, that, that has, you know, interesting feels, but they never really elaborate on it. They're just kind of there to help the relationship move along. Okay. So, so some people would find that as a, as a fault to me, it's just it's just loose ends that that's just kind of obvious, but you just kind of can look you past it. You just kind of give it past yeah, it. You give right. it past to it. So, what are we calling this one? Um, like I said, it's a very good um, story about the endearment of love, and being a simplistic outline, um, the standout performances by the two characters uh, give it you know a good time at the theater for any romantic um, you know couple out there. But overall, for the rest of the the, um, the movie the movie going audience, I would say uh, three out of five theater discount, because you know it's a good night for for a couple. But otherwise, I wouldn't really go see it at the big screen. Okay, okay, yeah. Alrighty. And our next one, which obviously we're I think we're gonna end up spending a little more time talking about a little bit, is Sonic the Hedgehog. Now this one was kind of one of those. Um, we saw a teaser for this not too long ago, and it had probably one of the most visceral responses from I've, the fan community I I've ever heard about. I have never seen so much hate for 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 any kind of character being you know being adapted from you know a comic book, a manga, a cartoon, a video game property get so much visceral outrage as much as this first trailer did really yeah because it 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 riled up the fan community what people don't realize is that um the fan base for sonic the hedgehog is is strong Mm. even though a lot of the games in most recent times have been bad they still Sonic the Hedgehog still has a very strong fan base. I'm one of those people that I played it too. I think most everybody in yeah. our age group who's played the it was classic Sonic and Mario. Yeah, the classic uh, console wars is Sonic the Hedgehog, and this is one of those that actually not on because when it first came out, everybody was kind of really had a bad reaction to the way they designed Sonic. Oh yeah. It, so the studio spent stupid amounts of money to redesign Sonic. Yeah. And now we have this film, and the film actually has been a surprise to a lot of people. Oh yeah, it's been a surprise. Um, you know, it's getting uh, positive critical receptions. The fan community have gone out and loved it, and also it made some big bucks. Yeah, I mean, this is. Pr- I think I've heard a couple of comments saying that this is probably the best video game adaptation to date. And it was number one in the box office at what, 57 
million dollars. Yes, over which the, is over the weekend. Amazing. Yeah. For a three-day holiday weekend, um, and worldwide uh, box office looks like it's probably netted a hundred a hundred million dollars. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna I mean, just keep growing. Is this the first weekend? Yeah, it's the first weekend. But most yeah. most movies peter out after a couple yeah. of weeks, and but, we do have quite a few films coming out soon. Yeah. So but, I think this was positioned really well, and I think the overall, it it, it feel it feels like. At least from the reactions, it feels like it's a good film. So, tell me, what's a, what's up with this uh, a- adaptation of Sonic? Because okay. it don't feel like he's running... The commercials don't make it feel like he's running through a field in the some post-apocalyptic world. Oh, no. It's no post-apocalyptic world. It's, um, it is your modern-day Earth that you find Sonic on. So, this video game adaptation, as you pointed out, a lot of them have been bad. How mm. can this one do on the big screen? So what we do, we find Sonic. Um, he has uh, left his home world because of unforeseen circumstances, and he finds a new life on Earth. So he's been living in Earth in hiding until um, until a certain situation causes him to come to the you know, bring truth of his presence to the forefront. Okay. And after the truth about his existence come out, that's when um, Sonic has to go about this journey to find a way to prevent the the bad guys of getting a hold of him and you know becoming that true hero mm-hmm. that he was born to be. So it is following that 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 hero's quest outline. Okay. But it's done in a way that is it mixes in. Um, it's able to mix in the the ga- the game lore of what Sonic the Hedgehog is from all the games, while still being able to provide that family friendly fun environment. Okay. So the one one of the big positives is is that the filmmakers have managed to. I'll predicate it like this: a lot of the video game movie adaptations. They have tried to mimic what works well in the video game to the big screen. Mm-hmm. And I've mentioned this a lot before. When you do a, a, a an adaptation from whatever medium to another medium, you got to make it work for that medium. Yeah, Just because totally. it works in the video games, works in the pages, works in the comic books, doesn't mean it's going to work in a uh, two-and-a-half-hour, two-three-act uh, film. So what they managed to do, they took the core elements of the characters, Sonic, Dr. Robotnik, his um his visual proudness, his speed, and his wisecracking mentality, and mixed it in with creating um mix it in within the hero quest uh, storyline and a family friendly environment. All right, yeah. So, so all right, let's talk about that. Robotnik being played by Jim Carrey. Yes, it's been a while since we've seen him. At least I don't remember the last time. I I know it's been a while since I've seen him without being completely encased in makeup. Yeah. So how does he uh? do on this one um jim carrey is another highlight of the film like he is he's fallen back into um his traditional comedic fun loving you know stuff that we used to see in the 90s so this allows him to play a role and be exuberantly outrageous and outlandish but take that muster uh that mustache twirling villain but add a little flavor a little okay. carryism, if you want to say it. So mm. he he is that evil scientist, but it's in a way where it's like watching a melding of like all his characters from the past, like The Mask, Ace Ventura, uh, Dumb and Dumber. It's just and just kind of bottle it in 
to a new character. It's like okay. you put him an egg and he evolves into this insane, wisecracking, like villain, arrogant villain. Okay. So, but it's funny. He's just funny in the role. Okay. So, so are, how are we gonna how are we gonna call that one? Um. Actually, a, no, let me, let, before rewind. you do that, before you do that, yeah, let's rewind. You know, just like the last one, yes. get, what are what are some of the strongest points of the film? The strongest points of the film is the ability to make a, a, the CGI protagonist, Sonic, feel authentic in the real world. Nothing feels out of place, nothing feels awkward, everything is very seamless along this like hero quest journey that he has to make to um, get a hold of his rings and save the world from this... Um, evil genius who wants to you do nothing but use his powers you know for evil mm -hmm. so alright what are some of the weakest points the weakest points is is pretty much the obvious they they use a lot of different uh different uh cliches that are either related to um the hero's quest storyline the hero versus villain um commonality and just um the family friendly tropes um, kind of makes some of the, the wisecracking jokes kind of like hinge, you know, like a little, Crin a little cringe, bit, a little, little cringe, cringe fest, cringe fest, but overall it doesn't do it all the time. It's just every once in a while. It's like, yeah, that joke didn't hit, mm. but most of the time it does. Okay. So. All right. All right. Um, anything else on this uh, review you want to comment about? Um, the only thing that I, I'll just keep s stating is that they, they have, Provided a uh, template on how you would, how you really adapt a video game franchise to the big screen. Okay. Because, like I said, they take the core elements, but create their own story, their own journey. They don't, they, they aren't hampered to trying to make everything work that works here, here. No, they, they did their own, like, original origin that, that allows them to, okay, this is Sonic, this is Dr. Robotnik, now make it work within this setting. And that's what they did. Okay. They weren't handcuffed to the lore. They just used it as a as a well, jumping tool for something different, but familiar. Okay. So all right. So what are we gonna call it? Um, this is definitely a fun time on the big screen. Um, it has a very simplistic outline, but being uh, a fan of the game, a fan of the character, but also just uh, being a fan of just fun adventure films. This will be definitely a fun time for fans, fun time for the families. I say it's worth seeing at the theater as a matinee. 3.5 okay. out of 5. 3.5 out of 5? Yeah. That's not so, bad. And, like you said, this is probably the first best video game adaptation to the big screen. Yeah, which is which is a weird kind of kind of thing yeah. and something we can take a few minutes and kind of just go down that rabbit hole on is video game adaptations. Some of them have been really good. Some of them have not stood up very well at all. There's a lot that haven't stood up very well. <laughs> all right. Some of some of the some of the worst ones being Double Dragon from the 90s. <laughs> I'm about to fall out my chair. But oh yeah. Um uh there was the Mario Brothers one that I get a lot of people don't like. Yes. I personally I thought it was a fairly Fairly interesting take. Yeah. I mean, very dystopian, cyberpunkish kind of yeah. deal. 
Um, some of the better ones, uh, at least in my opinion, would be the original Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that one is the one that a lot of people fall back on as the like the only really good video game movie. Granted, but it kind of Mortal defaults. Kombat. Granted, yeah. Mortal Kombat Annihilation screwed it up. <sighs> <laughs> that movie was so bad, it makes you... It, it, it taints the first one just because it has the name. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you watch the first one, it's like, you had potential. And then Annihilation, they just... They, they screwed that up. They totally screwed that up. Uh, uh, another bad I, one... I'm going to cry how, how bad it is. Well, then there's the Street Fighter one, which was... <laughs> that like was just like, page. oh, God. Let's get everybody in there... And just, not make any sense on what the characters are doing. Well, that and apparently the cast really wasn't too into it either. I mean, yeah, they just they ruined every character in that in that movie. It's, so it really hurt me what they did with their Ryu and Ken. You know, it's like that is not arm the makeshift arms dealers yeah. with Sagat and you know Balrog Balrog being a hero yeah. being one of the good guys I mean it's nice because you take these characters and yeah. you put them in a world which that's something I can appreciate is okay we have the source material which have we have these characters these characters have these unique things yes what I'm not but it was the fact that the there was too many yeah. I think the over second uh, Street Fighter one, the story, the Legend of Chung Li. I never saw it, so I have no comment. That one, they, it was a smaller cast. Yeah, they didn't. Fo they didn't try to get everybody on the entire roster of Super Street Fighter Two. Yeah. Uh in the film, they got they just focused on one or two characters, or actually like three or four characters, and that was it. So, but. Just is, but it's that whole thing. It's like, how do you tell a story with video game characters? And I think maybe the, the latest rendition of some of the comic book films have given writers an idea of, okay, yeah. let's. How, this is how we could use these video game type characters. Yeah, like like, like I said with the, this one, um, you adapt it within the genres that make the medium, you know, enjoyable. Yeah. So, like you said, the comic book ones, anything from a Winter Soldier. To you know, Thor Ragnarok, to Joker, to the most recent Birds of Prey, they make it work within a certain genre of film, but also but staying true to the core elements of the characters. Another yeah. really good comic book movie, which is one of my favorites, is Days of Future Past. They kept the yeah. core essence of the story intact, but they made it work within the genre of you know you know. Heroes, family adventure, and time travel with the dystopian in the back and forth. Yes. So, what the what when I'm thinking back to just the most recent video game movies that have come over the last few years, what makes them not work is the fact they try to mimic game to film without you know writing the story with the characters. So, um, a lot of the Resident Evil films, they're a guilty pleasure of mine. But you know, a lot of the Resident Evil films, they do a lot of hit and miss. Well, the first um, one was probably the first one is definitely the best one because it was let's try to tell this yeah. and we're we're staying to the confines of a small area. Every film after that was just literally just how much wider and wider and wider till finally they bring it all back in yeah. to the first film, and it's like that. That at least shows me they they tried to keep a wrangle on it, but it was definitely it seemed to get a little too 
out there. Yeah, they tried to do too many gimmicks without having like a real thorough story. But it's like a guilty pleasure movie, so I don't really care. Yeah, that's um, true. A lot like Army of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> um, Warcraft, which th- that one I was actually pretty 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 fine with as far as an interpretation. I wish it could have gone off a little bit. Lo- I wish they could have franchised that yeah. a little bit more, but. It really wasn't bad, especially when you take the fact that it's a, it's a prequel to the entire Warcraft game. Yeah. So yeah, so that that one was is a mixture of it's um, they didn't. I think if they had more more film length, they could have told a better a longer story. Yeah, but it's just that the, I think it was a mixture of box office result and just not connecting with the audience. They have to find a way to connect all it because it didn't make a lot of money. No, it didn't. So, it, it actually didn't do well. And very then there's well just all. a few others after that that one, one I'm not going to even name because it just hurts my brain. I gave it like I want to burn the review. And then there was the most recent Tomb Raider, mm. which was it, which which was so so. So. Yeah, the Tomb Raider is another video game franchise that's like star power, but you know. Yeah. So all right. Yeah. But yeah, like I think, I think the the, the 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 crux of it is that you ha- you make the you take the elements and you make it work within the confines of what medium you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, case in point, all the Marvel films they mix <laughs> things with the different genres and it seems to work. So. Alrighty, well I guess we're ready to move on to the next thing. Moving on, people, moving on. a return back to an oldie but goodie and another one was just a it was just one I've never played I wanted to try it out uh, that was Nioh it's a PlayStation exclusive it's a very dark soulsy game but it mixes in samurai elements actually hold that hold that thought um, had a bit of a technical difficulty the, okay. mic, the mic didn't catch the first part so we're gonna do that rewind and state a game going to let Rye talk about his games first, talking about Borderlands 3 and his crew. Yeah. And hope I didn't derail your thoughts. No, so you let's didn't. Roll, let's roll. No, no. Catch uh, up. Talk about Borderlands 3 again? Yep. Okay. Borderlands 3. Didn't play too much this past weekend, but uh, long story short, rolling with my friends. We got the main story all cut up together, so now we are rolling through the main story together piece by piece. Um, put in some two other games into the mix. Oh, really? Uh, Nio, which is a PlayStation exclusive, I believe. Okay. And it's a very dark, soulsy game, um, but it mixes in samurai elements. So, when I mean dark, soulsy, I mean it's hard. <laughs> okay. And But what's cool about this combat, it's, it's, it's straight up, you know, real-time action, but you have to be, but you have to be smart of when you're attacking because you have a meter bar, so every time you attack, it goes down. So you gotta rest up. But if you don't time it right, you can be resting and then they'll leave you open for attack because of the other people. Oh, right. Wow. fighting. And at least in the beginning part, there's different enemy levels. And, yeah, it's pretty hard. <laughs> so I think it's just me being tired why I kept dying a lot. So I was like, screw it. But another one that we're playing is um, it's an oldie but goodie. And it's just because my friends picked it up for the cheat on the cheap. 
You probably know what game I'm thinking of. No. Uh, Division 2. Oh, yes. Definitely going to have to talk so, about that. So, yes, we played the Divisions 2 extensively over the weekend. <laughs> and when I mean extensively, I mean a lot of hours. So, yeah, so getting back into that game, and I told him, it's like, yeah, I have it on two systems, so whoever wants to play, just tell me what system to jump on. Well, so, could, so yeah, I'll yeah. comment on that in just a moment. So running with them as a crew ha- has been fun, because, you know, when you have more people playing the game, the more merrier. And what I forgot in Division 2 is just how much more stuff they have. Not to mention that they have an expansion coming out, but we are, we are going to ignore that because there's just enough stuff in D.C., to keep hold us over before we're talking we about warlords in New York. Yeah, we're not even going to touch that expansion until we finish DC. Okay. So, um, yeah. So we did open up a lot of stuff on the map. We did uh, a lot of control points, a lot of missions, a lot of just randomly killing things in the street. So, but yeah, it was fun returning back to that game. What's the other one? Those, that was the other one. Oh, Nio and uh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. those two and just Pokemon Go, but. Yeah. You know, gotta catch them all, people. So, <laughs> oh yeah. So, so yeah, let me comment on that. Um, if you're an Xbox person, I guess Ubisoft is having a sale, and Division Two is like ninety five percent off. So I picked up. Uh, so it was like two ninety nine for a copy on Xbox. So I picked up a copy. Um, actually, I picked up two copies. Okay. One copy for me, which I happen to use some Microsoft credit for. Yeah. And then another copy I picked up for my wife, because she and I, when we first got our Xboxes, is when Division 1 was released. And, and we, we played that and together. And I got picked up two copies of Division 1 so we could play that. Oh, yeah, that was fun Went times. through that bit, so now doing, doing and been holding off on Division 2, and now the sale, I just happened to come across it last week doing something else yeah. and I was like ooh I'm gonna go and pick this up so whenever you get on the Xbox I'll get on yeah I'm actually thinking um, as far as a, I, I think I'm getting a streaming schedule together okay. for that um, but um, which I guess kind of segues into all these things is I'm gonna try and do a, a Monday and Wednesday night streams I can't guarantee a Friday or a Thursday but Monday and Wednesday and kind of Two different stream ideas I've got is one doing a video game stream and the other one doing a, bi- a live build stream. Because uh, one of the things I was working on, I didn't actually do any D&D games over the weekend because I wasn't feeling well on Sunday and I was supposed to have a group come over on Sunday. Yeah. But didn't happen. But what I did get done was some prep work for a new build for Dungeon Crafting. And I figured, I was thinking about it, and I figured, you know what, I'm going to do that as kind of a live stream build. Um, just trying to see what might work, what might not work. Um, what I have is I got, I went over to the local, my local office max um, near, my, near where I work. And they were able to do some prints for me on their plotter. Okay. So I'm going to end up building this mansion. That's from an old uh, dungeon module called the Twilight Mansion. Um, and I got some scale prints of the floor plan. And the scale is one inch one inch squares on the grid. Yeah. So I have it scaled up to where it is literally a one inch grid. A little, little variance because, mm-hmm. you know, print copy. But I have them on the table right over there. They're underneath, but I have all three floors and... 
I have in the background, you could probably see a, a stack of XPS foam against the other maps. I that, see it all. Which I'm going to start using, and uh, I figured I'd just stream it. So I was doing some microphone testing and whatnot. Um, I've got a game coming up this weekend for D&D, which is the group that's going to be the one of the first ones to use this mansion once I build it. Okay, so, oh, I can't wait. I'm just going to go through the whole build process, uh, a couple hours of stream or whatever. Um, but speaking of video game stream, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but definitely it was uh, sitting there, Raz and Penumbra hit me up and were like, hey, let's go through ODST. All right, well, we went through ODST once, and then we couldn't quite get our save point to load up again, so we went through it a second time. Turns out we ended up going through the entire game in about four hours. So I've got a four-hour stream up here on Twitch of me of me and them going through the whole game for ODST. Yeah. And it wasn't too bad. I mean, it was a lot of fun. ODST is my favorite. The soundtrack's great. Um, probably going to have to listen to the soundtrack more just because it's good work music for me, I guess. Oh, yeah. Um, but... And then the other, the only other thing to talk about was airsoft stuff, and I really don't have anything too crazy for airsoft this past weekend. Um, again, I think this is a lot of my whole burnout in a sense. I wasn't as mindful. I feel bad for you guys because this is something I've been trying to bring to that to that community to talk more in depth, and I've got to come up with trying to get more info. Um, there were some fun games. The The weather was great for being out playing. Um, actually, for those who do check this out, who are member are, uh, players, this Sunday I'm actually going to go out and play for a couple of hours. Okay. And kind of just, you know, do the playing thing. <laughs> yeah, run around and shoot me. So I'm going to charge up the cameras and I'm going to some cam footage, just like every other airsofter with a camera. And kind of just go with that and see if I can't get some of that up for next week's uh, show. Um, but gaming-wise, it was something else I did, which was a first. Oh, yeah. I was... Uh, our, fr- our friend uh, Shadow Mains... Shadow Mane. Shadow Mane. Mane. Uh, put out a tweet not too long ago about wanting to get a group of people together to do a, a roundtable discussion about Monster Hunter. Right? So okay. it's like, I commented back, because so like, you know, I thought that would be fun. Yeah. Um, I'm granted, I, I, I wouldn't mind talking with other people who play a game, you know, yeah. and kind of broadening what I do. So Shadow Mains invited me on for this roundtable, okay. and we got together, me, him, uh, another player named Hurley, Die Reaver, and Camo, and the three of us, and the five, that's five, five of us. Five of us sat there and spent an hour, an hour or so talking about Monster Hunter, where we were with the fran- where where we entered the franchise, what we think of the current iteration in the franchise, what we think about some stuff going forward. Uh, I was really kind of fun because uh, Die Reaver I guess is a sounds like he's a developer, so he brought from the developer angle, and then the other guys all being players, and some I think one I think one of them. He'd only gotten into Monster Hunter World. He never played the previous iterations. 
Yeah. Uh, me personally, I played the Wii version, which I think is Ultimate Monster Hunter 3. And then I played the... I have the 3DS version, which is Ultimate Monster Hunter 4. I played the one that used to be... I played the one all the way back on PlayStation 2. Oh, and wow. And then hadn't, hadn't returned back until Monster Hunter World. Yeah, so... On the PlayStation 4. Which is funny, because I was looking at Monster Hunter World, because I think I'm going to try and get some more playtime with that in. Yeah. And there's a number of features that are on Game Pass, yeah. which is cool. And then there's a number of features, number of things that is like, okay, this should be fun to get into. It's on version 12, so it's been a minute. And then that's when I happened to stumble across the whole Division 2 being only three, $2.99. Yeah. So. Hey, but, uh, whenever you're ready. Oh, yeah. So, Shadow Mane's gracious as he is has posted three videos the first you got a part one a part two and the whole the whole thing on his youtube channel check it um, out people yes totally check it out i've got a, i'll have a link in our show notes um it's great fun the four five of us chatting uh he did give me an audio version of okay. the show that's good. Which I will release out with our podcast uh, release schedule as I get. It's one of those things that motivated me to get get caught up and you know get my stuff together. <laughs> and so that's going to go out. I'm probably going to not space them out. I'm probably just going to do a massive data dump on a on a Sunday. It's going to be like, <laughs> here's fine. all this stuff posted up, caught up, check it out, binge it, do all those things. And we're just gonna roll from there. Rolling on. So, but with the audio. It was fun. I'm looking forward to doing more things like that. Getting working with other uh, uh, content creators and making more content. Yeah. So, looking forward to that. Um. That's it for my whole state of game. Yeah. Very small. Very short. Very small, and, and we kind of rolled into some community topic stuff, which was the whole. Hunter's Roundtable, which was a lot of fun. I really did have a good time. And there's about 40 minutes of conversation that did not get recorded. That was just pure shenanigans. It's yeah, like, these guys are great. I'm totally, I'm going to have links for all their stream stuff and, and in our show notes. Uh, we check this out. It's like, check these guys out. They're a lot of fun. Support their, support their channels. Uh, support my channel. It'd be great. Um, with that, uh, it's getting to be springtime. You it's know what that means, here. right? Conning around. Conning. Conning. We're conning people. And not, 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 not taking, not, not con man. Well, I can be a con man. Con artist. No, we're talking about the con schedule. Yes. And probably one of the first ones for us in the Virginia area is Galaxy Con is coming up. It's just in two weeks. In two weeks. And I can't go. I might, people. <sighs> I don't know. Just I happen to something happened to come across this on my feed. Apparently, uh, the geek, the one of the geek men of our generation, Will Wheaton, is going to be at GalaxyCon, and it's like I can't go this year because I'm working elsewhere. You are other places. But it led me, got me into thinking. It's like you know, we need to start paying attention to the cons that are coming up. So we can talk about the cons, and then at least maybe get the where we could maybe do some of the cons in the future. If 
you, our wonderful viewers, would like us like to get our opinions on these cons. So the closest I can give you is GalaxyCon's uh, stuff and who's going to be there. Because I saw the guest list for this one and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Oh man, there's just so many, so yeah, many. Yeah, this list is pretty big. You're a Star Trek very... fan, a Disney fan, a voice acting fan. I mean, we're talking the Kevin Smith movie fan. I mean, there are so many people there. It's just wild. So I'm gonna post a link here in the uh, in the chat. Check out, check it out. If you're not familiar with what GalaxyCon is. Then, you know, check it out. It should be. It seems like it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's one of the one of the cons that's starting up because that it's that time of year. So go check it out. See what kind of craziness is up with that. There's some people I would love to have gone to get photos with and yeah. whatnot, but in the future, perhaps. So, is there any any guests that kind of stand out to you that you want to check oh, out? Man, I it, it, that list is a list of lists. But All right, if well, I were to take know. a, if I were to just peek in there, um, uh, like you said, head honcho, uh, uh, Peter Cullen and Frank Welker. I mean, um, I see uh, Chris Sabat's going to be there, voice of Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z, and a few other uh, anime. Anime favorites of mine. Anna um, and Will Wheaton will be um, there. Um, Brett Cullen from uh, the Joker movie. Oh, yeah. A couple of WWE wrestlers, like Kristen, Christian and um, Caleb. Uh, let's see. We got Armin Sherman, uh, basically Quark. Jason Muse, James yeah. Allen Bob. That would be another person I'd oh, like to yeah, meet. Oh, yeah, totally would want to meet him. Uh, comic book people. It's just, it's craziness. And this is in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, tickets are yeah. still on sale from what it looks like. So John if Berth any of y'all go, John let us Berthold, know what happened. The Punisher is going to be there. Oh. Oh. John Ber I might have to go. You might have to go? Well, if you go, you have to. You know you're going to have to be, be our roving reporter and tell and tell us some of these things and make sure you get photos of the things you see so we can talk about you it. said peter cullen's going to be there right yeah okay yeah the, the, this is a who's who of of a geekdom all over the place yeah i'm i'm down yeah and alan oppenheimer that'll be another one to go check out because he's fr he's he's got quite the uh voice repertoire oh, yeah definitely definitely uh have to think about it <laughs> all right brother all right. Come back home so we can go. All right. All you know, right. I'm talking to you. <laughs> and with that, we'll kind of roll into some odds and ends. Oddies and endies. We got a lot of them here. And we're back with that. So, here we are in our sitting down, and we're going to talk some odds and ends. So, 
odds and ends are going to be the couple of a bunch of stories we found across the internet that we just want to sit and chat about and see what's going on. What is happening, people? Alrighty. Uh, since I mentioned Oppenheimer, I'm going to start with that story. And that is news that Mark Hamill will voice Skeletor in the new Netflix Masters of the Universe. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, as reported in IGN, uh, he signed up to be the voice of our famed villain. Which is funny because the person that, uh, Oppenheimer, who's going to be visiting GalaxyCon in Virginia this year, he is the original Skeletor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But... In this article for I, on IGN, you also get a list of the other cast members. A long and list of there is quite a few people I have not seen voice act voice do voices in a while. I'm really excited for this. Oh yeah, I didn't get into the Shiro one, but I may go and check it out because I've heard some good things about it. And there's just definitely some some strong names in here. Yeah, um, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Mark Hamill, Lena Headey. Yeah. Um, you have uh, Alicia Silverstone, Justin Long, Jason News, Kevin Conroy. Um, so you got some, you got some, uh, some big names and big uh, actors and actresses in this role. I can't wait to check that out. Um, what's another one? You pick one. Okay, um, I'll pick one that is a uh, near and dear to my heart. One of my favorite series, uh, Lucifer. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, as reported on Screen Rant, um, Lucifer's fifth season, which was supposedly supposed to be the final season, might not be the final season. Oh yeah, see that's interesting because the uh, we, Lucifer was canceled off Fox. Yes. Netflix picked it up, did the fourth season. The fourth season wasn't that long. No, ten episodes, I believe. And, and but me wrong, people, but I think it's ten. But uh, fifth season is supposed to be a whopping sixteen episodes. Oh well, yeah, it's supposed to be sixteen, and it was supposed to be the last one. But it sounds like, because these fans love it so much, that it might be uh, extended. Apparently, according to this article, the uh, Netflix is in discussions with Warner Brothers to keep the uh, character in the story in the series alive. Yeah. And if you watch the Arrowverse when they did Crisis, their big Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is wrapped up now, yeah. there was a moment in the first couple of episodes where. Constantine and Diggle and um, Oliver's daughter go to Earth 666 and visit Lucifer. And he's in the series. <laughs> oh, so he does show up. Oh, yeah. That, that did they whole... visit him in his bar? Yeah, they did. He's like, Const John, why are you here outside my bar on my Earth? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like talking about the end. And, uh, yeah, and Lucifer is just like, eh. Finally, it's, it, and it's like Oliver's daughter's like, who are you? He goes, hi, I'm a, I'm a, you know, Lucifer Morningstar. It's like, the devil's like, yes, what do you want? That's <laughs> great. And it's just one thing is that, um, is like, uh, Lucifer has been, had a history of surprising renewals. Yes. And, and cancellation, but at the same time, the renewals keep happening because of fan support. And the series rose even more popularity when Netflix picked it up. Oh, yeah. So totally. Netflix uh, did the 10, then now doing the 16 for this next season. So now they're just like, well, let's go and push Warner Brothers to get us another season. Well, I mean, it, depending on how Warner Brothers wants to give it up, I mean, the fact that the Arrowverse Crisis on Infinite Earth pretty much acknowledged everything that was oh, done yeah. in DC, it was great. 
So, um, alright. What's another one? I do a lot of talking, so you, you pick the order of which one Okay, alright. Let's, uh, let's, um, just pick because I, I have this one open. Uh, next uh, one, another uh, article from Screen Rant. Aladdin 2 officially happening at Disney, not based on animated sequels. See, I don't know about this one. I actually am kind I am actually happy that they are doing not only a sequel, which what I think it was going to obvious because Aladdin made a billion dollars, so, you know. Oh, yeah, a movie made a lot of money. Yes, we're going to greenlight a yeah, sequel. Yeah, Disney is going to greenlight it because, uh, hoo hoo want your money, you know. But it's I like any the, studio. Yeah, any, any studio. studio. You have something really successful like that. It's hey, yeah. I'm gonna try and capitalize it again, and but and a lot of the contracts are now multi-film contracts. They're yeah. not just one and done. Yeah, but the fact is, I like the fact that not only are they making a sequel, because um, uh, Aladdin was a surprise was a surprise favorite of mine from last year. I did enjoy it, but the fact is that they're actually doing an original take. Oh, really? So, they aren't going to either do Return of Jafar or King of Thieves. They're just doing, this is a straight up new story and a sequel to to it. So, uh, as a reporter on the screen, uh, Variety, uh, Disney has hired John Gatlin, uh, writer of Flight, and Andrea Bernoff, uh, straight out of Compton, to write the script for Aladdin 2. Okay. Um, so, they're tasking them to, to write an original uh story with the characters and pick up after what happened at the end of the first one so uh, i think this will help uh disney's whole thing when they're like remaking all their classics into live action to actually start to pivot and go to a new direction yeah, go into a new direction and tell a new story because that's what a lot of people was like okay take the characters that we know and do something a little bit different that's why what they did with maleficent last year so a lot of people liked it because they went in it they not only went into a different direction, they did world building, building Which upon the lore. We talked about that with, yeah. with our movie reviews, with Sonic or whatever, some of the other really successful versus the ones that really flopped, oh, yeah. is what they do with the characters that for the source material. Alright, so what's our next one? Uh, next one is a uh, report on IGN. Um, Rick Moranis to come out of retirement for Disney's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids oh, sequel. yes. That is such big news yeah, yeah. for, especially because I remember I, I was a kid. I remember being, I remember when Honey I Shrunk the Kids came yeah. out. It was right in there with you know all of his back to back successes, and then doing Honey I Blew Up the Kid, and then Honey We Shrunk Ourselves, and him then taking his step back from acting to raise his kids. Oh yeah. And turning down the Spaceballs sequel, <laughs> but he's doing this. It's like that should be a pretty clear indication. So. Oh yeah, and this might uh, him just coming back to do this for uh, uh, Disney, um, which is going to be exclusively on Disney Plus. Will hint at that maybe he won't. He'll return to other properties like that. So. Well, it'd be nice. I mean, he did the cool. He did. He did the very respectable thing. Is what I mean. It, Condolences. I mean, his wife passed away of cancer or whatever yeah. and whatnot. So Rest in peace. he he he. It's like he made that choice. It's like I could make movies or I could be yeah. at home. Yeah. And it's because making movies and being home is really hard. So he opted to be at home. Yeah. Because uh, any 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 business like that, you know, you're always on the run, on the go. So you're always away doing something. Yeah. So I think it. I think it was. I think it's fine. All right. So what's our next one? Uh, next one is I'm gonna lead into 
Are you a fan of Batman? I am a fan of Batman. Are you a fan of the, the, the animated series from the 90s? Oh, yes. Well, it's making a return. As a comic book, I hear. Yes. Which there have been several adaptations of the animated series episodes being turned into comics. I mean, the animated series is what gave us Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. It gave us Harley Quinn. It gave us some of the best reiterations of the storyline and, you know, some um, uh, standout voice acting. Yes. Very much so. Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill. Alrighty. Um, and this, with this one is uh, Paul Danny, who's part, who's, who's going to be a part of this, um, as well as several several other uh, people from the original yeah. writing and, and storytelling team. As reported on comicbook.com, quote, DC announced today that Batman Animated Series co-creator Bruce Timm would return to the world he helped make an incredible part of so many fans' childhood um, back in the 90s, end nice. quote. And um, it's supposed to be a six-issue digital first miniseries called Batman The Adventure Continues. Nice. All right, we got two left. Which one do you want to do next? Dun, 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 dun. I don't know. Oh, I think I'll save that one. you got to save the best for last. So let's... let's, let's uh, open up the wallets and spend too much money oh yes yes and by that we're talking about the demo you the prototype unit for the nintendo playstation yes sold at auction for four hundred thousand dollars yeah so um for the those that don't know back in the 90s uh, nintendo and sony we're working together to try to develop a gaming system because at this point most everybody is using cartridges mm -hmm. and collaborating with sony was to try and develop the first disc cd disc uh based console which of course as we all know how that ended is the birth of playstation yeah so sony was just like uh, screw this let's do our own thing and voila Yes, and, and Nintendo stayed with cartridges for another two generations after that. Oh yeah, just but again, it was this is but this is a demo unit which I didn't realize would actually existed. Oh yeah, so they they had it. It was working a workable unit because you know you have to be able to test something. So the console, which is as quoted by this article in, uh, in Kotaku, uh, essentially a Super Nintendo Entertainment System paired with a CD-ROM drive and manufactured by Sony. Um, so, like you said, 400000 but the actual payout with um, percentages... Because the uh, auction house that does yeah. these things charges a, uh, a fee, which 20%. makes it... Yeah, so in the end, this would be $420,000 yeah. for whoever, whoever the lucky person who bought this. This is also now the highest-selling video game memorabilia. Previously, for just over 100000 was a sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers. Sealed, people. Never sealed. opened, never touched. What people do with their money. Hey, the thing is, is that in the in the collect in the collector's world, um, you know, people will spend anything. Um, well, as long as people deem it a value, it's going to have value. Don't forget Once about people the... stop deeming it a value, yeah. it's not going to work. Just like them Jesus shoes. Yeah. No. 
I'd rather the... buy this console than buy a pair of shoes for that much money. Hey, now, you know, um, all you have to do is watch that sneakers episode of Jeff Goldblum and you'll see. Oh, boy. Alrighty, so. Saving the best for last. Last story we're going to talk about, and this is kind of a, really? I had to actually, I said this to Scuba, I had to read it, think about it, and read it again because I could not believe what I was reading. Alright, so let's talk tabletop RPGs, people. Back in the 90s, GURPS Cyberpunk RPG yes. had a supplement published by Steve Jackson Games. Apparently, this book was so cool that the book was seized by the U.S. Secret Service because they thought it was a Hackers 101 guide. Okay. So what? <laughs> oh yeah. So just just giving uh, the the spark notes of this article. Um, basically, in March first, ninety one, um, the cyberpunk author Lloyd Blankenship and his wife were woken up by six Secret Service agents who raided their home, confiscated a computer, printer, and even their telephone. Um, they didn't tell them why or what. They just had um, sealed uh, mandates to be able to go into that. Not to mention, if you read further down, they went to the the company's Steve uh, Jackson I, Games. I yeah, mean, and took everything based on uh, sealed uh, warrants and mandates. Re I mean, this is just. I mean. So they were so high strung about thinking that an actual uh, game was going to infiltrate, allow them to infiltrate, you know, the highest degree of the government. This is like the late 80s, early 90s, you know, when the computer and the internet were still in its quote-unquote infancy. And it's like, they thought a game... I mean, this goes back to that whole 80s satanic panic with Dungeons & Dragons, only yet the, the cyberpunk one actually had it taken yeah. a step further. And the, another part of this article, which makes it even funnier, is, uh, quote, Jackson had a hard time communicating that to the Secret Service in spite of the fact that the rulebook contained rules for having your consciousness transferred to a gender swap clone. When he spoke to them the day after the raid, he was told that his company was publishing a handbook for computer crime. When he processes that it was clearly made up, he was repeatedly informed, this is real. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it, it goes to show you uh, one or two things. One is the obliviousness of people that don't understand anything concept gaming-wise, and two, just kind of just read up on your stuff before you actually assume that the obvious is going to be bad. Yes, yes. As usual, we'll have stories for all the... We'll have links to all these stories on our show notes. Um, <laughs> this was one of the craziest articles i have read in the last few weeks oh yeah i was just uh, like hands down this was weird because i have to double check my links on that is sending old links so yes this article was it's definitely published on the 10th of this month yes so. i i it's good i definitely would recommend reading this article because you'll be flabbergasted on what happened trust me it is it's still i'm just skimming through it and i'm still kind of like WT, mm -hmm. you know what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on that? Like, is it hard to believe that they couldn't, that, that they would just do that without looking up the sources? Well, well let's think about this. Yes. We're talking late 80s, early 90s America, 
still full on Cold War. Yeah. Computers and, and, and computer stuff is like the new th is like this new thing where finally we have computers that used to that used to take up entire rooms are now yeah, you can down. go to a store and pick up. I mean, this is the 1984 commercial that changed that introduced the Apple II. Yeah. Um, micro the the fact that you could have computers on workstations and mm -hmm. office buildings and the internet just starting up you got all the all the I mean, this is where this is the era of the freakers and the and all of the guys who pioneered hacking and mm -hmm. pioneered network security um yeah i could totally see that a game publisher publishing this book in, about a dystopian tech heavy society and somebody just thinking that it was some kind of subliminal message of uh, inciting crime i could totally see it happening i could also it's also absolutely hilarious yeah it's just it's just ignorance of the unknown just well, to me it is that's what it feels like it's how quick Especially to panic at this time. I, it's, it's that how quick to panic yeah and then thinking about what steve jackson games does later yeah um, I'll leave that to y'all people to read that. Y'all should know. Munchkin. Yes. Kick in the door, loot the, loot the room, stab your buddy in the back. I wonder if this kind of shenanigans stab, led to that, in stab, led to that inspiration of He's let's like, just have fun. Yeah, let's just go Or not that he crazy. wasn't having fun before. It's just, this is just, you know, complete tongue in cheek. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just, it's still funny. Yeah. It is. It is very funny. <laughs> Very funny. But uh, with that, I think we're pretty much done for our show tonight. Yes, we are. So we'll go ahead and get some contact info up, which I made some improvements on. Um, you can follow me at Twitter, uh, ScubaCod. You can follow Rye on Instagram at IncubusTrav. Uh, you can check out our show on Facebook, Scuba Studio. I'm still working on the new page build. Um, if you like the show and want to support our show, you can go to patreon.com slash scuba studio. Uh, you can also email us at scuba studio at gmail.com. Uh, we have our podcast version of this, which you can receive on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, Spotify. Plus, we have our do these live stream these streams on Twitch and Mixer Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Uh, and we do also release the v the videos on YouTube on the YouTube channel Scuba Studio. So if you check all that stuff out, give us likes, give us feedback, tell us what you think, and uh, that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Sounds good. <laughs> Reach us everywhere and anywhere. Yes, that's what yes. we do, people. Hit us up on those social medias. Um, I'll have still working out the whole stream schedule, but I think I'm definitely gonna get more. Do some more build stream, do build streams, and do some of this other stuff. So, with that, I think we'll call it a night. Nights abound. Alrighty. So, last little bit for our closing. As you see our voices wander away. Big shout outs to these peeps. The shout out, the Monster Hunter Roundtable. Friends of our show, friends of the show, people that we take a lot of great pleasure with. So have a good night, y'all. Thank you all. Peace.